Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio live broadcast, or if you're listening in the future, I certainly welcome you. We are all here together to reflect on things that can really make a difference in our lives and in the world. And today is Saturday, April 17th, 2021, and this program continues to be a very simple expression, airing live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and I welcome you here today. I, once again, feel the impetus to talk about a very important passage. This passage is important because no matter what your spiritual tradition even if you have no spiritual tradition at all, no matter what your perspective, this passage speaks to all of us. And that's what makes it so very important. And often we don't hear it enough. And I will say that this program, um, a long time ago in 2010, actually started with this passage, and I revisit it every once in a while, and it's been almost a year, and every time I do, I do it spontaneously with no thought about how I'm going to reflect upon it, and um, it's time to listen again. And that passage is 1 Corinthians 13 from the Bible. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'll stop after every verse and reflect briefly. Um, This is really important. There's a lot going on, and I know that I so appreciate that some of the listeners are in the United States, some are in other parts of the world. I know um, I have listeners in scattered regions, 
and I greatly appreciate that. And whatever is going on in your world right now, and there certainly is a lot just about everywhere and in some places of greater intensity than others, this particular verse reminds us how important it is to have love front and center. We must be centered upon not only love of a conditional variety, but unconditional love, which is what this passage is about. It's about unconditional love, which is a very special kind of love. And I will say that I believe, and I know many of you believe, of multiple traditions, that God is love, that divine is love, that we are called to love, and that we are inseparable from love, even though it may seem that we are separated in this world, we can always find it at our center, because the divine is omnipresent, and that means everywhere and in you. And if you don't believe in the divine at all, at least you can believe in love. Next verse. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Again, doesn't matter how spiritual you are. You could be a leader in the spiritual community. There are many visionaries who see things that are miraculous. That can be a part of your spiritual path. For others, it's not. And yet, visionary experience has been with us for a very long time and in multiple cultural traditions. And so, I will say, as this program continues in the future, since I've actually studied this quite a bit, I will be talking more about visionary experience in the future and how things like prophecy can be skewed by our interpretations of it, when we think we see something and it's based in fear. And we need to really work with that. And there are so many things in the past. It doesn't mean that bad things can't happen on the planet and that there have been people who have um, astounded us by seeing things. But now I'm seeing a new aspect of this verse. This is what I mean. Every time I go through this passage, I see something different because I don't think I've seen this before. Being centered in love makes that prophecy, if you see something more real and more likely to be real because fear sends us askew when we're having a higher spiritual experience. And we can see this when we look at various Um, prophecies through history, some of which didn't come true. Not every vision is real. And it doesn't mean that you can't see real things, 
but you have to be centered in love and not fear. A long time ago, um, during a rather intuitive time myself, I first heard and had never really heard it on a page that the opposite of love is actually fear. And in a way, there is no opposite because love encompasses everything. But fear is what clouds love. Fear is what makes love conditional and not unconditional. Fear skews everything. This is a program about fear. And we're refocusing on our relationship with fear. And yes, of course, we are imperfect human beings. So we're going to be afraid. But if we call ourselves back to love, even by reading a passage like 1 Corinthians 13, which is incredibly powerful, it will help us daily. And there are other things that you may choose to focus upon. Often just focusing on the beauty of the natural world and how it uplifts our spirits and the love in our hearts for others. We're being reminded of that. That's what's important. Verse 3. Oh, well, let's finish with 2, actually. So it talks about fathoming all mysteries and all knowledge. So we could know everything. We could be the most, we could be a scholar among scholars. We could be Albert Einstein, who also actually said some interesting spiritual things. Doesn't matter how much you know, if you don't have a relationship consciously with love, And if you don't call yourself back to that center, no matter how imperfectly we go on our journey as human beings, it won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter all these facts you can prove all day long. There are people, they spend all day just questioning spirituality. That's all they care about. If we're not pursuing our explorations of knowledge. And in this program, I've been presenting some things, like from literature. I've been looking at things and saying just how approachable this is for all of us. And I will continue to do that at times. That knowledge is empty without love. Even faith, a faith that can move mountains, the greatest faith of all, you would think. If it's loveless, I would wager it would be hard to move a mountain with a loveless faith, (laughs) but let's suppose you had that much of a faith. If it's loveless, it's meaningless because the center is love. Everything comes back to love, and you are nothing in the face of that, no matter all your achievements, all your spiritual achievements. All the time, maybe you've studied for years some spiritual practice. You could be like some of the monks of old, spending their entire life studying and transcribing and meditating and chanting. If there is not love at the center, it's meaningless. Love is the center of everything. Verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, 
but have not love, I gain nothing. So, again, if we are giving with a motivation that is not loving, maybe for the sake of appearances or for a tax deduction or for whatever uh, worldly reason that isn't truly based on what we're giving to, and not only that, if what we're giving to is not based in love, that's another problem. If if the whole thing is one big loveless exercise, it's meaningless and it will not advance humanity. It will not help us. It has to be based in love. This notion of surrendering your body to flames, that's like throwing yourself out as a sacrifice, being a martyr. If you're not being martyred for love and for some empty principle that is not based in love, then it's empty. This verse calls us back to love. Verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It is not proud. This is something we lose sight of often. The patience that is required for things to change. I was listening to, gosh, I'm not sure when this song first was written, either in the 60s, maybe early 70s, about, you know, waiting for the world. Actually, that's another song, Waiting for the World to Change. There's several songs that have been written like it's never going to change and it's always going to be the same. And it's frustrating and we want to be in this space where there's respect for one another and for all mankind so that we can hold hands together. When I was a child... Um, there were a lot of songs like that coming out of the 60s and the 70s. I remember the early 70s in a very um, colorful way, I guess. I mean, there certainly were issues going on in society, and I don't know. I guess I saw that too. Oh, yeah, Um, especially as the 70s progressed a little and I got a little more mature. But love, again, we are called back to love, and it requires patience, which is tremendously difficult sometimes. I mean, we are living all of human history, essentially. We're, we're just one, we're in just one phase of human history, and yet we need to keep love at the center because in our technological world, if we lose sight of love, it will be very dangerous. And we've seen this, we've certainly seen this before. And we need to stay centered on love. Love is kind. That's not difficult. It does not envy. It does not boast. Envy is a really tough one because it's a very human thing to do. And um, love is unconditional. It doesn't mean that we can't hope for a world in which we don't 
set set ourselves up so much for for envy. But at the same time, we want to be in a world where we can explore our talents and be everything we can be because that's love too. So it's a balance, finding that space. And ideally, we want to live in a world where we can explore and blossom each and every one of us and become our highest potentials. Everyone's going to do that imperfectly, you know. Just about everybody probably feels they never really reach their highest potential. But to have that opportunity to do whatever we can with our lives and our voices and our artwork and whatever it is we're called to do, our music, if we are leaders, to be conscious, compassionate leaders, all of that, mindful leaders too, in the sense of having an awareness that there are often contradictions in the world that are different, difficult to reconcile. And so it requires a depth of wisdom that cannot, in fact, this will kind of anticipating another verse, that can't be childish in nature, but it can have some aspects of childlike wisdom, innocence, even while being wise based and centered in love. It does not boast. It is not proud. That's just about ego. It doesn't mean that we can't be happy about what it is we choose to do and what it is we've managed to, to do in terms of it's so ideal to feel like we're in service in some way and, and feeling like maybe we're making a difference However, that is, and art can be in service. Just about anything can be in service. Why do we do anything on earth? If we were free to freely explore our talents, each and every one of us, we would all be in service to one another. We'd be celebrating one another, and there'd be no need for boasting or pride. We'd be praising one another for what we're doing. And we can be happy you create a beautiful piece of art, you can be happy with that without being proud or boastful. There is a balance. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Really important and not easy. Not A lot of this passage, I'm not saying this passage is some walk in the park. It's not. And it's an ideal. We're all going to experience the full range of emotions in this world because it's a challenging world. But what we can do is do our best when we're in perfect work on it. We've all had issues with things that we felt like we fell out of balance in some way. We can call ourselves back. We can work together. We can look for wisdom to help us. We can be respectful to one another and care about one another. You know, when you truly care about other people and you feel that other people care about you and there's that mutual celebration of one another, there are no limits, really. It's only when when that is missing, when we find ourselves in a loveless space, that we fall out of balance. 
Here's a big one, and it's still part of verse 5. I'll probably go into overtime with this program. I can never estimate how long it's going to take me to do this. I do appreciate you, live audience. We've got 10 minutes left in the live show, and I appreciate you all being here. It keeps no record of wrongs. That is a very tall order, isn't it, as human beings? To keep no record of wrongs. That's an, that is the ultimate in forgiveness. And forgiveness is important. We are called to that because why would forgiveness be important? It's because it's based in un conditional love but it doesn't mean we can just go and you know disrespect one another and treat one another badly and just keep barreling and being rude remember it's not rude it's not a lot of dark things no we can't but at the same time there are multiple spiritual doctrines that are based in the philosophy of change, where someone has had a dramatic change. And we need to be open to people changing. That's very important because people do change. We can all acknowledge many of us having changed in our lives. And we certainly change as a society if we are a conscious to use that word conscious as much anymore. I'm trying to get away from that word. It pigeonholes our talk too much. Aware. If we are an aware society, a mindful society, paying attention to unconditional love. Verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. There are always going to be broken people in the world who delight in doing harm to other people, who truly delight in it. That is a brokenness. That is actually a mental condition of some kind. That is psychopathic, essentially, to delight in doing harm to other people. And of course, love isn't going to delight in that. Can we have compassion for someone who's that broken? Can we work in our society to figure out what to do, how how this happens? Of course we can. Of course we can. And actually, that's a wonderful expression of unconditional love. But at the same time, we're not going to celebrate violent acts. It rejoices with the truth. Isn't it interesting how those two are linked? Because not delighting in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Anyone who delights in evil doesn't have any inkling of the truth. They certainly don't have a a respect for the truth of who we all are. If we're spiritual at all, knowing that the divine is love, that God is love, that would be denying the truth. Even if we're not 
spiritual if we deny the power and the importance of love and compassion we're denying the truth verse 7 it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres I love this verse 7 because we will never be abandoned by love by that unconditional love that is the divine we will never be abandoned by it even if we lose sight of it even if we are a broken person for whatever reason this exists in the world there's some very difficult questions about human existence and how to come to terms with why things are the way they are and why they've been the way they've been. And it doesn't mean everything has been dark, but there have always been examples of people who have risen above the darkness and treated one another with respect and found a way to isolate, do something about someone who would just delight in evil and doing people harm. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's be clear. When I say isolate, I don't mean abandon. But we need to figure out a way to compassionately work with one another. And if you have someone who's just broken, there are some people who have no empathy. Now, often we project that, and it's not true that the person does have empathy, is capable of empathy, and we're just not understanding their point of view. And we need to be careful about that. That's really important. But there actually is a condition where someone is just, they don't have empathy. They're broken. They're short-circuited. And how these are not people (laughs) that we want in leadership positions, for example. But we need to to work with our brokenness in whatever way makes sense. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I'm repeating this, I know. Always protects, always protects. Love is protective. Love is the most amazing thing that you can have surround you, even when no one else is there you can feel the protection of love. Talk about faith. Always trust. Trust is very much related to love. Always hopes, never gives up. Always perseveres, never gives up. Verse 8. Love never fails. It never fails. Never. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. I'm just going to read this passage in its entirety. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man... I put childish ways behind me. 
Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. You know, I forget the word child that shows up in this particular translation of a passage. Childish is simply immature. People can be immature. Society can be immature. We need to acknowledge this particular passage anticipates a time when we will make a leap and not a step into a more love-based reality. And multiple spiritual traditions actually share this. And even if you're non-spiritual, it is a wish that we would find our way to a more love-based society. It's about maturity and it's about respect. But this is really about a time in a way beyond time. Like there will be no more need for prophecies. This is really about heaven on earth is what it's about. I want to say to the live audience, thank you for being here today with us. If you want to listen to the rest of this broadcast, which won't go on too long, it'll be in the archive shortly. But I appreciate your being here today. If you want to learn more about this program, FrontierBeyondFear.com. I'll just say that. Talking about seeing but a poor reflection as in a mirror, I believe that we essentially pre-existed before we came here as souls. And when we're here, we don't see as clearly. And it's very difficult to understand what is happening on the earth and why we chose a place where there is so much darkness, where we just can't see clearly. This whole section is a promise. Even even if we're talking about when we leave the earth, when this particular life is over, then we'll know fully, even as we're fully known. We will be revealed to one another who we truly are, and many misunderstandings will be dispelled. And we'll forgive one another because we'll keep no record of wrongs because unconditional love is like that. When I meet you across the veil, whoever you are, there will be harmony there. All the people in our lives, those we've had conflicts with, it doesn't matter. We will have been spiritually transformed and we'll be grown up, so to speak. We'll be back to ourselves, I would say, back to knowing that we are inseparable from divine, unconditional love. But this passage, yes, can also be said to talk about a future time on the earth, a golden age, so to speak. No golden age can come to be in a loveless way 
devoid of spirituality because that would not be centered in unconditional love. Nor would I contend here because some of the evidence I've seen, not just belief, evidence, nor would I contend would that be compatible with the truth, which is not strictly materialistic. I know there are those who have not seen the evidence of something greater than who we are, but some of us feel that we have. So we know that you cannot establish some kind of golden society on earth without being centered in love and respect and empathy for one another. And that also means different perspectives. There is a maturity here that is required to enter into a more respectful society, even if it isn't a leap. It requires maturity, not childishness. It can require childlike innocence at times. But childishness and all the things that call us away from love that we've already talked about in this passage will not take us there. Verse 13. And now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. What more can be said about that, really? We've already been told that faith without love isn't going to help us. Hope is important. And love helps us to hope, no doubt. Trust helps us to hope, no doubt. But it is love, love that is at the center of everything. And that's why we've been told God is love. That's why we feel God is love. Those who have had a higher spiritual experience Experience or a time of great connection, one of the things that many report, and including those who have near-death experiences, is just this feeling of overwhelming love. Many people report this. Just incredible love. Accepting love. That's the kind of love that we're called to by 1 Corinthians 13. And I will say, as I wrap up this program, if there is a frontier beyond fear, and I know that there is, love is what will open the door. Love is what is beyond the door. And love is what was always with us, even when we lost sight of it. We are loved beyond measure If we could know just how much we are loved, that alone would change the world because it would radiate outward to everyone. 
That's what unconditional love is. So thank you for being here with me today. Those of you at this point, since I'm speaking in the podcast, I appreciate those who are listening in the future. I will continue to broadcast live when I can most weeks, I would think, as long as it's working at Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And these will continue to be quite simple broadcasts. Although in the future, I may also enter into some research that I've done. We'll see how it evolves. But I'm not, for anyone who's listened to this program in the past and is looking for interviews, um, I'm not doing interviews at this at this time, and um, I can't say if I will do interviews because that was a a very involved and um, quite a chapter of this program that went on for a very long time, and things are shifting now, and the program is in a very simple place. So I'm not going to make any predictions, but this program is a simple reflection of thoughts, experiences, literature when called to talk about what people have written about that are totally understandable things. The people from the past have so much to say to us about our current times. So we'll see how it all evolves. But I thank you for being here. And you can continue to learn more about this program at FrontierBeyondFear.com. There is a daily blog there as well, most of the time, almost every day. And thank you again. See you next time.